I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Tim Sylvie here. Alongside me, as always, Tom McCluskey. Tom, how are you? What have you been up to? Uh, I have been editing a lot this week, actually. Um, Love a good edit. YouTube um, life. Was a bit ill earlier on in the week as well. Yeah, it's the YouTube life, exactly. But I'm feeling, I'm feeling mostly better now. I've got a bit of a groggy throat, so I apologise for that. But yeah, it's good to be. Cool. Um, well, listeners, today we're joined by a rising female star who presents Formula One. And as such, Tom, I thought I'd test you on your bread and butter today, the very subject of Formula One, with a couple of nice, very easy Formula One-related questions before we introduce our guest. So are you ready? They're not going to be easy, are they? They are easy. The first one is easy. If you get the first one wrong, you'll probably lose half of your YouTube no, subscribers. No, don't put this pressure on me, man. Okay, come on. Okay. With which team did Jensen Button win the 2009 Formula One World Championship? Braun. Braun GP, correct. Easy. See? Where's my sound yeah, effect? Hang on, hang on. Where's, where's my applause sound effect? Formerly, formerly Honda. Yeah. Um, then Braun. Yeah, Mercedes. Yeah, well done. Okay, they go a little bit harder. Which race team has the record for winning the most races in an F1 season? Oh, which team? Um, I'm going to say... Is it Red Bull this year? Mm. It's Red Bull or Ferrari, but I'd say Red Bull. Incorrect. It was 2016. Mercedes won 19 of 21 races. Blimey. Who yeah, won I completely the... forgot. I completely glossed over them. Who won the World Championship that year? Pro 2016, Rosberg. Rosberg, correct. And then promptly yeah. decided to, to leave the sport. Um, okay, one more for you. At the, this, I love this one. And I was at this race, which is quite cool. This oh. is when I first started working in Formula 1. So at the 2005 Next. United States Grand Prix, how many yeah. cars lined up on the grid? Six. Two Six. Ferraris, two Minardis, and two Jordans. Oh, get in there. Uh, correct. Do you know the reason why? Can you remember the reason why? Yeah, because because uh, Bridgestone wouldn't... It was the, only the Bridgestone runners who went out because the Michelins, they kept failing around the bank in the Indy. Yeah. And they couldn't come to a concession. So the Bridgestones end up just going for the going for the dub. So you got... What was it, what was it on, in the Jordan on the podium? It was, Ooh. I can't remember his name. Uh, mom, mom, begins with M, doesn't it? Uh, 
don't know, no, no, got no, me no. there. You, my research yeah. has let me down. But you, you're at, you're 100% <laughs> right. Montero, I'm sure it's Montero. I think it's okay. Montero. Okay, yeah. No, very correct. good. Yeah. Good good knowledge. Yes, exactly what happens. And that, that was one of the first races I ever went to. Um, absolutely bizarre oh. um, set of circumstances. And the, the FIA digging their heels in. Well, I suppose the team's deciding not to. But, um, but yeah, fascinating stuff. Anyway, shall I introduce today's guest? Do it. So today we're joined by Ariana Bravo, who went from consultant to F1 content creator to F1 presenter. She's a passionate advocate for diversity and inclusion in motorsport and adds host of the Driven by Diversity podcast to her impressive and growing CV. She's an inspiration to young people, male and female, from underrepresented backgrounds and beyond. We're here to listen to her life, career, thoughts and opinions. Ariana, welcome to the Motormouth podcast. Before we get into it, a really quick message. This show has grown into something far bigger than we ever imagined. It's been a huge honor to chat with F1 world champions like Nico Rosberg, legends like Mario Andretti, Jody Schechter, and Gerhard Berger. People right at the top of the sport like the brilliant Gunter Steiner and current stars like Alex Albon, Lucas Degrassi, and Tatiana Calderon. It really is a privilege. But without you, we wouldn't be able to continue. And without sponsors, we couldn't bring you the stories from the inner workings of the sport we all love. With that in mind, I'm over the moon to have F1 Experiences back with us to support the show for season 13. It's really important to us that we align with brands that are relevant and can add value to you. F1 Experiences is the official experience, hospitality and travel program of Formula One. And it's the closest thing you can get to the pinnacle of motorsport. You can book with them today. With F1 Experiences official ticket packages coming direct from Formula One, you can get unique access that simply isn't available anywhere else. For more information on how you can book your F1 Experience, visit f1experiences.com, where you can also save 5% on your very own F1 Experience package by using the code MMPODCAST when checking out online. Good things come to those who listen to the Motormouth podcast. Don't say we don't treat you well. So, what are you waiting for? The 2023 F1 season will be here before you know it, so go get booking your F1 Experience today with f1experiences.com. Thank you. That was a very overwhelming introduction. Thanks. Oh, glad <laughs> nice you liked to be it. with you guys. <laughs> Ariana, where, where are you joining us from today? Because your background's not giving too much away. No, it's not. Spanish. I'm actually at home for once. Um, I got back from Vegas on Monday oh. and I fly to Abu Dhabi on Monday. How so. was Vegas? Vegas was a lot. It was my first time in Vegas anyway. So it was a sensory overload um and it was just intense <laughs> it was intense i'm glad to be back for a bit and to recover um it was good fun the event was yeah it was good fun i was hosting the launch party the fan side of it throughout the day and yeah it was fab awesome. it was fab wow that's was, so cool. was the was the was the fan interaction like what you expected it because i i went out to miami earlier this year and there was definitely a good mixture of people who aren't so interested in f1 but people really kind of getting into it like what was the fan group that you felt in, in Vegas? They loved it. There were people that had been queuing from 5am. Wow. Um, a lot wow. of people who had been queuing from 5am, 6am. They were super, super excited and passionate. Um, yeah, it was it was a really good crowd, actually. And quite a range of different people, all different ages, male, female, kids. So it was good to see. There were a couple of people who were probably just there for the vibes, but that's okay. We'll, we'll welcome them as well. <laughs> well I, I guess you get everyone from California as well, because that's the closest to, to that. Because we think of the US as a country, but actually 
with the vast sizes kind of you got to treat i mean if you're from new york actually canada's more your home race right you know what i mean yeah. that's yeah, kind yeah, of the way yeah. it plays yeah. out yeah totally and when do you, and you're flying to abu dhabi on monday so we're, so we're recording this we're recording this the uh friday before the brazilian grand prix for those that are listening and um so monday uh, you'll be flying to Abu Dhabi. I'm also flying to the Middle East on Monday, but I'm going down to Dubai, so I probably won't see you on the flight. I'm flying at 9 a.m. Oh. on Monday. I'm flying at 9 a.m. From To where? Dubai or Abu Dhabi? To Abu Dhabi. Maybe I am flying to Abu Dhabi. I thought I was going to <laughs> Maybe you should check your flight. <laughs> I, need, I need to check my flight. Yeah, I, I land at like 8 p.m. or something like that. So um, Yeah, 7.25. Ooh, I need to sort my itinerary out. <laughs> What a life you live, Tim. Oh, I don't know. I'm a flight to Abu Dhabi or Dubai, I don't know. Well, I'm not going for the F1, though. I'm there for golf, weirdly. Um, oh. So the, the F1 is going to be Broad. happening down the road in Abu Dhabi, and I'm going to be I'm going to be down Shakeside Road, an hour in the wrong direction at the DP World Tour <laughs> golf tournament. Um, so weird. The, the world's gone upside down. Um, so take us back to to your your young your younger years, um, your childhood. Where was it? Who was it with? Was motorsport in the household? When did that seed first start showing itself? So I grew up in London, um, South London, born and raised, and I have three older brothers. So I've grown up in like a very male dominated space. Anyway got three older brothers I always have a little brother now but he's substantially younger than me so obviously when I was growing up he hadn't blessed my life yet um but in terms of motorsport my dad is an F1 fan so that's kind of where it came from like a lot of females who are interested in motorsport um I can remember it being on in the background I remember like having little bits and bobs related to F1 around the house like little model cars and things like that and then we had our loft completely set up as a Scalectrics track, um, like this nice. massive one. So like every family gathering, my brothers and friends and cousins, et cetera, would come over and we'd all like do competitions. So it was kind of around in that sense. But I wouldn't say I followed it closely from when I was a child all the way to now. It was just something that I was aware of and was sort of engaged with. I sort of knew what was happening, like... You know, I knew all about Michael Schumacher and the greats, but I didn't follow it in terms of watching the races yeah. myself um, week in, week out. And then as I grew up, I sort of drifted from it a little bit, you know, got my own interests. My brothers themselves aren't into it, actually. It's only me out of the family, which is quite strange. Um, and then I sort of revisited it as I got older. I'm not into any other sports, so it's literally right. just F1 and motorsport. Uh, but now, yeah can't get me away from it <laughs> yeah and you, you went to uni in nottingham right and studied yeah. e economics so mm. at this point in your life were you thinking well i'm gonna go into economics or you know the commercial world or did you did you ever foresee your life going on in the, the direction it has um it's such a good question i would say maybe a tiny part of me did I went to university and did economics because I've always been very academic and I've always really enjoyed studying, loved studying, um, loved economics. So it was just the natural route for me to just follow that. It was the easy route for me. And I loved my time at uni, but I didn't go to university with the mindset of, oh, I'm going to finish uni and then I'm going to get this graduate job and I'm going to work, you know, corporate life and blah, 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 blah. That's not really how, how I saw it all playing out so even at university when everyone was applying for their internships and like graduate jobs I was just I could not bring myself to do it like I couldn't force myself to do it I was just not interested I just wasn't 
passionate about any of those things. So that's when I sort of started being like, oh, like crap, there's clearly something not quite right here because I'm super academic. I'm really good at what I do, but I don't, I don't want to do this long term. Then I graduated and I was like, oh shit, like what do I do now? <laughs> um, took a gap year and, you know, used that as an excuse to like bum around for another year. And then in the back of my mind all this time, I've been like, I really want to get into um, presenting. So I'd done work experience when I was at school with Channel 4. And it always been in the back of my mind, but it's one of those things that's such a massive leap from what I was doing. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to leave my economics like background and I'm going to jump into presenting, even though I have no experience whatsoever. So it was something that was just on the back burner, on the back burner. My parents were also a bit like, are you okay? Like, what are you talking about? You've just paid like nine grand a year for three years. I also actually changed university. I went to a different university initially and then changed to Nottingham. So it was actually four years of nine grand. So my parents were like, whoa, mm-hmm. like, hun, calm down a minute. And then in my gap year, I got approached by a graduate job. So I thought, oh, okay, like, I've got to pay the bills at some point. So let me take this job, see how it is. Fell into consulting. Um, and it served its purpose. I did four years there. So I did like a good stint. And it was good fun. I learned a lot. I made some like amazing friends, but it was never something that excited me. Like I wasn't excited to go to work or I didn't think, oh yeah, in 10 years time. What are you consulting on? This is, this is Protivity? Protivity, Protivity. yeah. So what what are you consulting on at that point? What a question. Um, (laughs) No, I was, I started on a rotational course. So you would rotate around um, internal audit, risk and compliance, tech consulting, and business okay. performance improvement. And then I did a bit of fraud stuff as well. So, so by all I accounts, rotate... a cool job, a good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. A great job. Yeah. A great job. A great graduate job. Lots of travel, um, lots of independence. It was a fantastic job. And it, that's what I mean by it did serve its purpose. But I just was not passionate about it. I'm someone that really really struggles to do things that I'm not passionate about or that make me happy like I mean to the extent that it's almost damaging to myself because I cannot force myself so then I was like okay mate like I need to sort my life out a bit and have a think and then things snowballed so so what was it about presenting then what what kind of pulled you to that was that something you were interested in when you were a little kid and it was always in the back of your mind and and yeah what is it about that that kind of pulled you in um, I just, I mean, I'm quite chatty anyway. Uh, well, it's weird, actually. I was really shy when I was a kid. I was super shy. Like, I wouldn't even go to birthday parties when I was young unless my mum would stay with me. And because I had older brothers who were, like, quite protective of me, I didn't really need to be that vocal. And I was quite, like, protected. But I've always been quite confident, quite chatty. And I just love the idea of connecting with people. And even now, like, that's the bit that really draws me in to my job I love connecting with people and being able to have a platform to speak to different people and hear from different people and it just fills me with this like buzz that I can't explain it's just when I finish a live hit or a live gig I'm just like filled with adrenaline it's just the best feeling and you started your own content um your own formula one content is is that was that the moment that? Or, or did you do that with a preconceived plan? Or was it just, here are my views, I want to share my views and opinions with people? Or, or was it like, this This could be my route into doing this full time? 
Okay, first of all, I would use content loosely. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would use that word very loosely. Um, basically, what actually happened is I started an anonymous Instagram page that didn't have my name or face on it, and it was just an F1 news page. So you would never have known that I was behind it because I was too embarrassed to put my name to it. Um, and I did that with the purpose of building up a following so that I could eventually soft launch myself onto the page yeah. without being so embarrassed Surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so I did that for a little while and then I went to um when was it I think it was when I went to Singapore Grand Prix in 2019 and I was like okay now's the time it's time to it's time to actually put my face out there so I started making these Instagram videos of race build-ups on a Wednesday qualifying recaps and race recaps and the reason I say I use the term content lightly is because it was not content as we know it nowadays, like hats off to the content creators, because that is a job. And I'm looking at you guys. <laughs> I Mine was just me talking to camera. So it was no editing. It was no like, it didn't look that great. Um, it was literally just here is me talking to camera, demonstrating that I can speak to camera and how I sound, how I look, how I uh, convey myself, that was the only real purpose of it to demonstrate. Because obviously I didn't have a show reel. I'd not done any presenting or anything that I could use as an example. So that was kind of my way of building my own show reel without, without having one. And then, um, yeah, that was made solely with the purpose of trying to get a job in, in F1. That was, that was literally its purpose. Does that still exist? Oh, wait. No. It's done the job as well. No. It has done the job, but I then got rid of that and well, removed cause, evidence. Because when, when I first started making YouTube videos in like 2015, you know, what you say about the whole presenting and for me, subconsciously, it was like I wanted to get better at articulating myself and, and talking and speaking. I didn't really have ambitions to be any kind of presenter, but that was the kind of angle I came in at. Mm. And like you say, I mean, yeah, like just speaking and, and talking to camera is is enough. Like that is what content is. It, it's more about the the connection and, and the chat. And obviously, as F one's changed so much recently, like those opportunities, I guess, and that that audience is only kind of growing bigger. But you know, when did you what what um, what size was your platform? Like it was Instagram first, right? Mm -hmm. What size was that when you decided to go to Singapore and put yourself out there? Like, how big was the page at that stage? It wasn't. It wasn't very big. I think maybe, maybe a thousand followers. Maybe it was. It was still pretty small. And even when I did that, I still didn't tell any of my friends mm. or family. Like, none oh, of my so. friends knew about <laughs> this for like ages because it's so like awkward, right? You're like, oh. Like, you're going to be watching yeah. me, but then you know me in real life and you're yeah. then watching. Oh, it's just horrible. <laughs> I sympathise fully. Yeah, it's weird, It's horrible. It? It's a funny thing. I, I, th I think it's weird hearing your own voice for the first time is oh, strange enough. And it's funny how you get used to it. I mean, I, I when I first um, started doing the podcast, I would force myself to listen to my own voice and cringe while I was listening to it because you've got to learn, haven't you, by listening and critiquing yourself. Mm -hmm. Now I, I, I don't even listen to myself at all anymore. I don't want to hear it. Um, but you get <laughs> but you get used to that kind of, especially, I guess, you know, people like you, Tom, you know, you're, you're, you're creating YouTube videos constantly. That's your life. Yeah. And you 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 have you've got to edit them. You've got to. Listen I just to constantly yourself. hear my say like the, me say the same thing like five yeah, times. Yeah, that in must a row, drive so me insane. Right. 
you know what? Like, I've, I've honestly, I don't know whether I'm a narcissist because of this, but I'm just used to it now. Like, it doesn't. It's just, <laughs> Maybe that's I know it. some people who still can't do it. Like, they've been yeah. making YouTube videos for years and they still can't bring themselves to watch their own videos back afterwards. Yeah. Which I just think, like, that's such an important part for, for me, for, in my opinion, anyway. It's such an important part to be able to look and, you know, when people critique stuff, look at it and be like, try and look at yourself, I guess. I kind of take myself away from it. Yeah. I guess. And I'm like, that's a different person. That's Tom. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. Tom. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's weird. I think I'm going to go with the narcissist route. I think you just like looking at your own face and listening to your own voice. That's really why you've got a YouTube channel, isn't Listen, it? Listen. You amazing, sit there in the middle of the night, flicking through your own videos. God, look at me. Um, let's let's dive into the whole um, diversity piece a little bit. So um, yeah. it's it's a hot topic. Obviously, people talk about it all the time. We we've had things come and go. We've we've got W series, which you know came in with a big bang, and obviously have had their issues of late. But you know who knows what's going to happen with that in the future. We've got various F one teams engaging with um, female drivers and trying to create more female interest in the sport. Um, females in motorsport, the platform. That is doing fantastic things um, with with zero backing, um, mm. and you know they're doing it as volunteers, but getting some great numbers um, and a growing platform. Girls on track, more than equal. There's lots of stuff out there at the moment. How have you seen, even in in your relatively short career so far, ha- have things changed? Are we moving the dial? Are things going in the right direction as far as diversity and inclusion for females, or or even underrepresented um, parts of the country? Are things heading in the right direction? Yeah, I think things are headed in the right direction. Um, there's been such a massive push over the last couple of years that I think it would be hard to say that it's not headed in the right direction. Um, these things don't change overnight. Uh, like, it's going to take years for us to see actual, meaningful, lasting, fundamental change. And I think that that can be difficult to except when obviously everyone's so passionate and wants things to change straight away. There are so many amazing initiatives like the ones you've just said, and I think they're doing fantastic work. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot more that could be done on all fronts to push greater diversity, make sure that we're supporting from the very bottom up. Like It's got to come from every single level and every single angle in order for us to actually have a successful um change in the industry but we're headed in the right direction I think that it's just now a case of keeping the momentum up I feel like we had this massive push when we had Black Lives Matter and that really helped push all diversity causes forward it's very easy to then sort of be like oh okay that was intense like let's take stock a little bit but like kind of don't have the time to do that we've got to we've got to keep the pressure up and keep going if we actually want to see change so I think that's what's really important. And I think we've seen a lot of good efforts by different areas of the industry and more widely just in society of, you know, including people from different backgrounds, putting more females at the forefront, putting more people from um, underrepresented backgrounds at the forefront. But it has to go beyond just that. And this is something that I keep saying recently. It's input is one thing output is another so you can bring people in who are from diverse backgrounds you can bring them in but are you actually making sure that the output is also changing and I think that's the bit that's the next hurdle that we're really trying to get past and I think that's what's really difficult because it forces you to 
it forces you to, I mean, I'm talking about this from more of a media content perspective, but it forces you to potentially, if you're an organization, put out content or whatever it might be that you don't necessarily wholeheartedly understand or subscribe to because it's not designed for you. And I think that that makes people uncomfortable and that's difficult to process. If you're a company, why would I put something out that I can't actually buy into myself? But that is how you ensure that you're actually getting diversity. You shouldn't be able to engage with every single thing you put out Mm. unless you're only subscribing to a very niche target audience. And that's fine in a sense, right? Some people have a target audience and that is their sole target audience. But when you're talking about things like diversity, there is definitely like a responsibility, I think, for certain organizations and parts of the industry to to yeah. ensure that the output is as representative yeah. as the input. It's um, it's a fascinating subject and it's a complicated one because, mm. I mean, I, I've, as I said, I've, I, my first race was in 2005 and I've seen from a, so my day job is sponsorship and, yeah. and marketing in Formula One. And I've seen that industry change in terms of female participation. So now, as you've probably seen, when you go to a Formula One race, many of the marketing teams or the PR teams, um, sponsorship teams are female, which is great. Yeah. But what I'm still not seeing is um, diverse ethnic um, minorities. I'm not seeing too much um, LGBTQ um individuals not talking about Mm. the stuff that brands are doing and f1 are doing with you know pride colors you know all that's happening but where are the individuals where where are the gay drivers where are the trans i mean we've got charlie martin one but uh where are they and and there it's difficult because there are brands who will try and convey with their sponsorship lgbtq messaging or diverse messaging um but then you step into the work the realms of um, like greenwashing or the equivalent, you know, mm. so it's such a balancing act between all these things. But do you agree? Have you are you seeing females up and down the paddock, but perhaps not necessarily yet the the ethnic minorities being represented? Yeah, there's definitely been like a massive. I mean, I've only been in the paddock for a year and a half. My first race was working was Austria last year, so I've been in it literally from when all of this was sort of in the height of of the push um there's definitely way more representation when it comes to females like there's definitely a lot more improvement in terms of when you're in the paddock around the paddock and even in terms of who comes to the races like when we were in austin it was so nice because there were so many females that i've connected with online for instance on social media who were all there and in the paddock and like doing their own thing creating content and it it was amazing it was like one of the nicest feelings I would say there is a lot more work to do on the ethnic diversity front and like you said, LGBTQ plus. Um, and it takes time and it's it's so many things that we're trying to we're trying to push all at once. And like I said, it's just about keeping the momentum up and having people in the sport who are really being spokespeople for it. Like we've had Lewis, who's obviously amazing, and without him, I think we would have been quite a few steps further back. Uh, but Lewis isn't going to be here forever. And Lewis can't speak for every underrepresented group. We have to have other people sticking their head up. We've got Sebastian Vettel as well, but we need to have more of those people. It can't just be the drivers that hold the weight. There's got to be people throughout all of the organisations. A very quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsors at F1 Experiences. F1 Experiences offer a wide range of packages that come direct from Formula One, giving you a unique experience of the pinnacle of motorsport. Official ticket packages come with the very best race tickets, first class hotels and transfers, and unprecedented access, including driver appearances, 
private pit lane walks, behind the scenes tours of the illustrious F1 paddock, team garages, the famous podium, and loads more. It's the closest you can get to Formula One. And thanks to F1 experiences, Motormouth listeners can get 5% off your next F1 experiences package by using the code MMPODCAST when booking online at f1experiences.com. Yeah, because a lot of the focus is put on you know, diversity amongst the drivers. Yeah. And like you said, this thing, it's going to take time that we're not going to see the positive impact of female representation in W Series because that that impacts the, that's for the for the young girls watching, like the, the kids, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and giving them someone to look at. But what I think from a from a broadcasting point of view as well, and you're a prime example, um, Lizzie McIntosh, what she's doing as well, is, is that where you, where anyone can pick up their phone and create videos and create content, it kind of, I think historically media's had that kind of big barrier to entry, like in order to get into people's living rooms and into people's TV screens, you, you had that big barrier. Now, now the fact that anyone could do it, like I'm yeah. seeing from a from a YouTube creator point of view, so many different people from different backgrounds, like approaching F1 and, and doing their thing and talking about the sport. More so actually, because again, historic, I used to do football stuff back in the day. I feel like there is a greater, uh, from what I've seen anyway, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, having been to football matches versus being to, you know, um, F1 races, I feel like amongst the fandom, and I think this is an issue with football, there's a greater diversity I'm seeing from both creators and from fans in F1. And it's just about amplifying those voices and giving people the, you know, the confidence to speak their mind because mm-hmm. everyone, every, everyone should have a seat at the table. The table's yeah, big yeah. enough as far as I'm concerned. But, it's, but, but that's the problem. It's getting them that seat at the table because mm. it's really interesting hearing what you're saying there, um, Tom, about the, the sort of the fan side of it, like the content creators, the people picking up their mobile phones and doing it are from all sorts of different, different ethnic backgrounds and so on. But they're not, for whatever reason, present company excluded and one or two others like you say what they're not getting through they're not getting they're not getting into the paddocks they're not working in the industry they're not behind the wheel they're not they're not in the writing the articles in the papers you know what i mean they're but again sort of I, I feel like i feel like the mainstream mainstream acceptance of independent content content creators like myself like ariana like lizzie like plenty of others like i think that's only started in the last kind of true couple of years yeah, yeah really i agree acknowledged and taken on board yeah i agree i think that i think that brands and companies are now seeing the benefit of it but still not in its entirety i guess the other thing is when you know with the, with the content the boom of content creators with that um uh that power that they have and and tom you'll you'll know this from your follow i mean you, you've got you know 
several hundred thousand people follow, watching your YouTube content every day. And with that comes a certain amount of responsibility, doesn't it? Because if you say one wrong thing, I, I don't know if you're familiar. I, I follow a lot of boxing, so I watch a True Geordie a lot and his podcast. And he's dropped a couple of clangers lately that he's apologized for. But he, he made a couple of uh, Muslim references in really poor taste, which I won't repeat. But he, he um, it was an error. But he has, you know, a million or more YouTube subscribers. And with one passing comment, just bang, ra yeah. racist. And, um, and he's been ostracized. And then um, he's been, you know, slagged off by numerous people online. But his voice has gone off into the ears of young people all around the world. And he, he's taken no responsibility for that apart from coming on and doing a, a, another YouTube video apologizing where he actually cries. But at the same time, he still monetized that, that content. You know, it's, it's, it's such a responsibility, isn't it, that we have, that you have Ariana as a, as a presenter on TV and Tom that you have with your following to make sure that the messaging stays on track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. It's very, I was going to ask, um, Ariana, I was going to ask this to you as well, actually, like, going from that stage where there is, you know, a small following and you build it gradually to all of a sudden being in front of, like, I've, I've found that difficult. I, I think at, at times at the start, you're a bit more, you know, with, with my stuff, a bit more kind of, oh, yeah, I'm just going to chuck opinions out there and, you know, speak on things that I'm probably not as educated as I should be because I'm coming from like a, oh, you know, when you're chatting things, you know, with your mates down the pub or whatever, yeah. like you're, you're chatting with... But then, yeah, you're right. Like when there is, there's so many more people out there watching. Yet, from my point of view, like I'm still sat here in my study yeah. talking to a camera. Fundamentally, that hasn't changed. Yet, there's so many more people yeah. taking on what I'm saying. And I guess, yeah, when you're presenting, you're still just presenting to a camera. It's impossible to actually quantify how many people are on the other end of that camera. Yeah, yeah it's it is really difficult to adjust to. And I think, I think I especially felt it when. I joined Channel 4 this year because I suddenly I was like, whoa, like this is completely different now. And I actually noticeably like restrict, like I was like, Ugh! and yeah. people I work with were like, Ariana, are you okay? Like we've seen you're presenting, you're doing great, but are you actually okay? You seem like very scared. <laughs> and it's because I was so worried that I would put a foot wrong. And suddenly I was like, oh my God, so many more eyes on me. Like this is actual, like, tv broadcast and i yeah i was like and it took me a while to get past that and i had to like go and i have um presented like training coaching th through channel four and i went and spoke to them and they were like you need to breathe <laughs> you need to actually like calm down you've been hired because of how you portray yourself and you're now like so scared that you've completely got rid of that and like you're just being super professional which is fab but that's not why we hired you and I had to like really unpack it and, and take a step back. But it's because, like you said, we live in this society where one wrong step, one wrong mm. word can see everything taken, like yeah. everything gone. Canceled. That's it. Cancelled. Cancelled. That's it's, terrifying. It, it also, I was going to ask you, how was that? Because um, you said you did work experience at Channel 4, right? Like back, yeah. in, back when you were, was that, that must have been pretty cool, like getting that hook up with Channel 4 and, and did you recognise anyone there from when you'd been at Work Experience before? Or? So my Work Experience was like a very like chill, low level. It was not really too heavily based on the broadcast side of things. Um, but it definitely felt like a cute full circle moment. Like yeah, Channel 4 had always that. been 
um, like my goal in F1, if I'm completely honest. Like if you ask, I mean, I literally approached DC like the first ever race I watched with F1. I went to every single member of the Channel 4 team that were there and was like, hi, I'm introducing myself. This is what I want to do. I'm just making it known now. Like my goal is to work with you guys. And they were like, okay, who are you? (laughs) Who are you? What are you doing here? I was like, this is my first race. And the thing is, Austria F1 race was my first ever presenting full stop in person. Like I'd never done anything. Mm. So I don't know what sort of confidence came over me in that moment. But um, yeah, it was crazy when I finally, finally managed to to get with get the deal with them. I was like, oh, oh my God, yeah. I'm terrified. <laughs> oh, fair play though. You're putting yourself out That's there amazing. and, you know, going for it you know it's not easy to go up to someone like david coulthard and say listen <laughs> i want to be on your show that's it's a it's a bold move but it's paid off is is there a particular part of the presenting game that you're particularly fond of like do you, do you like the the trackside staff do you like the interviews with the drivers is there is there an area you you really want to focus and hone in on um i honestly adore my job um like all aspects of it i genuinely love it like i was saying I think that for me, like I was saying earlier, the fan side of things and connecting with people and like speaking to people and engaging with them and actually like feeling like you're talking to them is what really excites me. I mean, I love interviewing the drivers and I have this huge, huge respect for them. So getting to talk to them and interview them is such an honor. Uh, But the human like interaction and connection that you get from fan facing things is just something that for me is like really hard to match. So on the one hand, I love that, like the Vegas thing. That's why I loved that so much because it was like, I was literally on stage talking to people, asking them where they're from, what they're doing. Like I felt like I connected with the people that I was presenting in front of. And that just fills my heart without sounding like utterly ridiculous. It really is a special feeling to be able to do that. Um, And then the, the actual broadcast side of things where you're sort of like, host tying everything together I really enjoy that as well and you're like sort of the middle piece who's bringing not necessarily the punditry or the expertise but you're there to tie it all together and bring the like more entertainment side of it I guess and more light-hearted side yeah I like the vibes guys I like the vibes of being yeah. fun and chatting with people yeah. and entertainment side of it I love it yeah what, what, which um I know you've spoken to a bunch of drivers now like which driver have had you have you had a, is there a particular interaction that stands out as just being like, like you say, good vibes above um, the rest? Yeah. So I, yeah, I've interviewed them all and they're all fab and they're all very good to interview, actually. I mean, unsurprisingly, I would say Danny Rick is one of the most fun to interview. I feel like he's just so chill. We had an interview in, um, so I do some paddock club interviews sometimes as well. And we had a couple of interviews, I think it was two weeks in a row. And one of them, he just comes in so chilled. And then like, I was asking him like, you know, what's your your go-to song to listen to this weekend or whatever, because he always likes to have special playlists. And he was like, oh, I don't think it's um, appropriate. Like, I can't really say because that is quite a rude song and blah, blah, blah. So I don't want to say it. I was like, oh, okay, fine. Like, and I was like, okay, Danny, like, let's not do this because there are kids in the crowd. And he was like, no, but I haven't sworn. And I was like, no, but still, it's a bit like much. And his PR are there and I'm just like, oh my God, this is not me. And then within about three minutes, like he's got someone doing a shoey in the crowd, like cheering him on. And I'm like, oh my God, his PR are never going to want me to interview him again. And then he comes back the next week. And again, it goes completely off script. And we're talking about like UFC and 
all these random things. And then we're so engrossed in the conversation. And then I'm like, oh, wait, there's actually like a crowd here. And I turn and people are just like staring at us like, can you talk about F1? And I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. And Danny's just like, no, it's fine. Like, let's carry on talking about this. I'm like, no, 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 no. We have to go back to the script. But he's just so chill. Um, I, I love interviewing him. It's going to be a shame not to have him on the grid next year. Yeah. Well, hopefully still in the paddock. Hopefully, hopefully. reserve driver. We'll see. I hope, I hope. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it sort of feels like a bit, you know, being a reserve driver for someone like him feels like a bit yeah. of a, ugh, you know, I'd almost rather see him just disappear Short completely memories. and come Short back. Short memories, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's get your take on F1. Um, mm. you're, you're obviously a fan. Um, what have you made of this season? Are you excited for the next season? Can Lewis go on and get his eight? Um, I think this season has been... Good. I think it's hard to follow on from what last season was. I think that was True. just like, whew, yeah. like, took it all out of us. Well, and so I think it would have been really difficult to follow on with the same level of intensity and excitement that we had. Um, having said that, it's still been a good season. I think it's a shame, a real shame that we didn't have more of a battle between Red Bull and Ferrari. I would have really loved to have seen that go down to wire a bit more. But at the same time, Max has been absolutely supreme and it's been pretty impressive to watch him just absolutely dominate this season. So I'm glad we've see, been able to see like fantastic driving and, you know, it's good to see someone at their best. I would have liked to have seen more battles, but I think last year probably, I don't know if I would have survived another year like that's really <laughs> I think I think last year set kind of maybe unrealistic expectations yeah. moving forward, especially going into a brand new set of regulations where that typically stretches yeah. the grid out anyway. This is what I mean, like, it, it, if it's still been, especially in the midfield, it's been really close. Like, you, you go through, I think third and fourth is really close. Uh, yeah. Fifth and sixth is really close. Uh, seven and eighth is really, like, th th you've got those battles there. Um, and it, it's just like, I think next season is going to be quality. Like, I'm, I'm so for excited next for next season. I'm really excited for next season and I'm really excited for the newbies joining the grid. I'm so intrigued to see how that's going to play out. Like, Piastri going up alongside Lando. Class. How is that going to go? Like, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. Um, Nick DeVries as well, Logan. And then also Pierre moving to Alpine. I'm like, how is this actually going to play out? Yeah, yeah. What's actually going to happen there? I need to know. I need to know now, but... We have a few months to wait. We know there's we know there's been drama in the past. So I know, they can but it's like it. it's so like no 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 like that's in the past and fine. we're here and we're one team and with a French team it's gonna be like strong and we're all cool and I'm like yeah but even when you don't have like this a not great relationship with someone it still can get pretty like mm. fighty when you're going up head to head especially if things are close right. So how is it going to play out if it does get to that? I just can't wait. I can't and, wait. and even more so if Alpine give them a competitive car, which they're exactly. looking the next closest to like joining that top three. Exactly. That's yeah. where we get Hamilton Rosberg 2016 yeah. times. Yeah. I'm here for the drama. I'll be honest. I'm here for the drama. I'm um, living for the drama. <laughs> helps the views, Tomo. Helps the views. Um, now we're, we're rapidly running out of time. We've, we've sped through 40 minutes. Um, Couple more just before we come on to our our final three. Um, first of all, your long term future. 
it, you ha- I mean, as a presenter, it's tough, isn't it? I've spoken to Jenny Gow about this in the past, where it's like you, you, you can get a contract and then it ends and you're one job to the next and it's hard to plan long-term into the future. But do you, do you have a long-term plan? Um, it is hard to plan long-term. I mean, for now, my focus is F1 and continuing to build on that because it feels like I've been doing it for a while. But like I said, I've only been doing it since June last year. I only quit my day job in September last year. So it's, you know, it's mental. This like, it's mad to process. But for now, yeah, I need to still cement myself a bit more in F1. I feel like I'm now getting to a point where I'm able to be more comfortable actually being myself. When I came in, I was quite scared and terrified. And, you know, it's easy to sort of try to fit yourself in a box a little bit slash like follow the mold of what's been. Um, whereas now I'm getting more comfortable and I'm being booked for jobs where I'm able to just completely be myself. And I'm absolutely loving that. So I want to explore that a bit more in F1. I do want to also branch out of just F1, because as I said, presenting is like my passion um, and F1, but there are other things that I'm sure I could pair the presenting with it. I'd love to, but I'm just trying to enjoy things as they happen because one thing I have realized this year is that time absolutely flies in this industry and I don't want to get too caught up in looking at the next thing and chasing the next thing and lose sight of what I've got because I kind of had a phase this year where I was doing that. I was just like constantly like, okay, but what's next? What's next? What's next? And then I was like, well, I've ticked off these things and I didn't even realize. So I need to find a bit more of a healthy balance yeah definitely no no absolutely like ariane it's it's so inspirational looking at what you've achieved um i think for so many people and even someone like myself like who's kind of you know started independent and the fact you've been able to achieve so much is yeah i mean you're you're definitely like flying the flag for a lot of people And, and anyone watching and listening who maybe you know sees a similar like has that same love whatever background they're from whatever gender they are whoever they are like what in what advice what is what's is the biggest piece of advice you would give to anyone who's looking to kind of break through and achieve what you've kind of achieved in again you, you've kind of gone from you know independent working um working full-time to all of a sudden now you're in this opportunity and you've like all credit to you for getting there you know what what advice would you give um I think you have to find what you truly love and you have to believe in yourself like 110%. I think that it's really easy and you guys probably like get this as well. You get lots of people who want to work in the industry in some capacity, right? They just want to work within F1. And I don't think that that is how you become truly successful. Like you have to really know what specifically excites you and what you're passionate about because when you're in it, it is intense and it takes over your whole entire life. So you have to truly love every aspect of it. Like you have to really believe in what you're doing and you have to believe in yourself so much because it's not easy. There's only so much, so much room for, you know, presenters or mechanics or drivers. Like it's, it's a niche sport. It's, it's limited in how many people can be hired at any one time. That's not to say that like everyone's welcome, but there is still limited capacity So you have to really, really believe in yourself and work bloody hard um, to get there. You have to be willing to sacrifice a lot and you have to keep faith. And you could only do that, like I said, if you really love it. Like I've lost count of how many times, like when I was doing my podcast, like how many times you'd have a, a breakdown crying. Like even at some races, there have been times where I'm like, 
oh my God, like this is a lot and you are on the brink and you're away from home and it's a lot. But then I'm like, man, I'm doing the job I absolutely love. Like I truly love this. Like if I actually jumped on a plane right now and went home, I would be crying the whole way home because I'm going home. <laughs> so like you have to be able to truly love it and truly, truly push yourself to get past those barriers um, and just be yourself. Otherwise you're not, you're not going to succeed. You're just not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Great advice. And if you, if, you, if you love what you do, then you, you'll never work a day in your life. That's the. Oh, well, if we're, if we're doing it. cheesy one liners. Supposedly. I, I got, <laughs> I, so my, I listen to loads of podcasts. And, okay. Uh, so are you so, stealing a cheesy one liner? Yeah, yeah, this is not mine. <laughs> this is not mine. Okay. okay. So, um, but it's, I listen Busted. to, um, if I'm at the gym or something where I'm, I'm really bad at motivating myself for the gym. I don't like going, but I'll force myself to go. And the only re- way I can get through it is by either listening to like, crazy music or listening to motivational speeches it's my only way oh and, wow and okay. they have to be shouty american style motivational speeches otherwise i just give up so that's really intense it's really intense <laughs> um so th- but there was one line that this this guy this guy said that stuck with me for the, like the last six months and he and he shouted at me through my headphones on this podcast what you go through you grow through and it was the one line that I was like, oh, I like that. I'm going to use that. You and I, that. I say it to other people now and they're like, oh, shut up. What a cheesy one liner. But, but for me, I was like, well, that really resonated with me somehow. Like what you, what you go through, you grow through. And, and, and you're only going to develop by in, embracing these experiences, you know, putting your neck out, um, you know, going up to Coulthard and saying, I'm going to work for your company. Um, and you mm. grow through these experiences. So for me, that was, that was a really, um, really nice one that I, I use with other people and they, they generally laugh in my face. But you know, Tim, have, have you ever had it where you've inadvertently not fully plugged in your headphones so then <laughs> everyone, everyone else in the gym can hear all these motivational quotes and you're just giving that. it some on the, yeah, yeah. On the treadmill? <laughs> yeah, I, might, I might try that next time. It's so good though. But, it, but Spotify has fully got my algorithm sorted. Like it, I go to the gym <laughs> and it's just like serving me these angry Americans telling me to get off my ass and do something with my life. <laughs> I might try that. It's brilliant. I feel like I, I'm not sure how I'd feel, but well, I, I might leave, try it. I leave the gym basically going, I'm going to start a new business. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lift heavier weights. I'm going to, I'm going to move to Azerbaijan and do this. You know, it's, it just, anyway, yeah, it goes off. Right, listen, we, we've, um, we've kept you long enough. We have three quick fire questions, which we finished yes. all of our shows with. Um, these are brought to us by our uh, friends and sponsors at F1 Experiences. Um, I'll kick off this week. What's got you excited at this very moment? Um, the future of F1 from a fan perspective and content perspective is very exciting. Great. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, next question. What, um, how much of your success do you put down to luck slash right place, right time versus good old fashioned hard work? I put pretty much all of it down to hard work. (laughs) I think that I've been blessed to have certain people who have been really supportive come into my life and help me and help me grow and develop but I have worked my ass off <laughs> I really have so yeah I think the majority of it is hard work Fair play. final question for you what are you scared of oh um in a trivial sense or work related whatever you want um what am I scared of I'm scared of not reaching my full potential and I'm scared of not enjoying things because I'm constantly looking for the next thing. And I also have, a ph- I don't know if I should say this because people might then start sending me pictures of it, but I have a phobia of those holes. You know, I don't know if you've heard, the hole phobia. There's a name for that. Yeah. Trichophobia. I, I've got it. 
I've got it. Yes. Oh my god, I feel so less weird. I've I've yeah. been waiting for this moment. 142 <laughs> episodes in, someone has shared my fear of tiny holes. So yeah, I have a fear of that. Uh, it's making me go weird now. It's making me go weird. Yeah. That, if you Google like tiny holes, there's, there's certain plants. There's certain the plants. plants yeah. The yeah. plants or so, the skin with perforations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. So I'm kind of scared of that. I'm totally on board with that. I hate it. It's called, it begins with T. It's trichophobia, yeah. triophobia, tri- or something. Tri- yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine, yeah. imagine you two on like 10 uh, years' time on I'm a Celebrity, Keep Me Out of Here, and disaster. they just bring you the plant. No. Oh my God, stare stop out for 10 it. <laughs> stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I shouldn't have said this because now people are going to like start DMing me this. And like, I had this. Uh, Harry does it. <laughs> and, uh, various people will, will send me. My, um, my, my father in law, Vaughan, he will regularly print off. Um, pictures of tiny holes and put them like inside my laptop so when I open my laptop I don't think he likes you I know yeah (laughs) there's a message there's a hidden message Um, I'm totally on board with that well listen um, Ariana thank you for joining us Um, really really inspirational and hopefully this helps um, any young people that are listening to this that are just wondering whether to take that step and and push themselves and get into that um, that presenting world or whatever field they, they might be in if they come from a an ethnic minority or they're a female in a male-dominated environment. Um, I think really inspirational words um, that you've shared with us today. Very articulate. You've obviously got loads of talent. All the best for the future. And um, I'm sure we'll see you trackside soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. It's honestly been a pleasure. Thank you. Before you go, one final reminder to check out F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality and travel program of Formula One. F1 Experiences is the closest you can get to the sport. Official ticket packages, which include the best race tickets, first-class hotels, travel and exclusive behind-the-scenes access across a Grand Prix weekend, F1 Experiences offer packages like no other. So, to book your F1 Experiences package, head online to f1experiences.com and if you enter the code MMPODCAST, you'll get 5% off as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MNTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too, so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumours quicker. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth Podcast.